Hello and welcome to Emerge, Evolve, Lead, a podcast for people in recovery from addiction who want to be better leaders. I got clean and sober when I was 24, and then I started my corporate career. After several decades, I left that job and created Emerge Leadership Academy, where I train leaders and coach people in recovery who are ready to step up in their career. My name is Maureen Rosgem, and I'll be your host. Hello, and welcome back to Emerge, Evolve, Lead. And today, I don't have a guest. (laughs) This is a solo episode to talk about something that I've wanted to talk about for a while now, the six human needs and how to get yours met. Make sure you get your needs met. It's so, so important. And, you know, as a personality expert, I help managers and their teams learn a lot more about their personality at work. I call myself a leadership trainer and and all of that and and really how to build those relationships so that they can get more done as a team and as, you know, get the best out of your people. You know um, how important it is because when you're at work, there's always like one guy or gal that just drives you crazy. Like maybe that person is just a little bit too direct and it feels like they're confrontative or constantly challenge, challenging you in meetings or stepping on the toes of others to get ahead. And they just sort of feel like a nemesis. Or maybe you have a colleague that never shows any emotion. And maybe you feel like you just wear your heart on your sleeve and that you kind of feel like this person is judging you. Or maybe you're the one that thinks there's no room for emotions in the workplace. And the person that drives you crazy is the one who seems like a loose cannon and is always over enthusiastic about like everything. Yeah, (laughs) that's me a little bit. These are some of the reasons that I love doing what I do, really helping teams to begin to see the real strengths of the different personality types and help people to grow by, you know, just allowing them to safely step out of their comfort zone so that that we can all expand our perspective. I think that we get a lot of this when we go into the rooms of AA or any therapy or support group, we learn to listen to so many different types of people and their perspectives, which is what I love so much about being in recovery. And I've learned that. So now I want to bring that right to people and teams and managers to help them to really understand each other so that they can jive and gel and grow together. It really does help shift a culture at work, like to be just more positive and help people to get along. But personality isn't the end all be all, is it? Like personality is just one part of who we are, right? You may meet many people who have the same tendencies or personality as you, but they also could be very different. They may have different beliefs, for example, or different needs, different skills, experiences, uh, culture, like the way they grew up, different religions or values that make them a unique and have a valid, you know, really unique perspective on life, even though they're in the same personality type as you, or they have those same tendencies to fall back naturally on specific um, ways of thinking. Okay. So anyways, the human is complicated for sure, but I know that if you're one of my listeners and you're listening to this podcast, and I know that you are a person who is into personal growth, 
And so I'm going to share today with you what I was really mind blowing for me when I first heard it. And if this is the first time you're hearing it, then I suggest you get a pen and paper out and take notes because knowing the six human needs that we all have really could be a game changer in understanding who you are and how to better serve the needs, not only of yourself, but of your significant other, if you got one. Okay. It really, really helps in relationships to understand what it is that we need. So we also learn in the program, for example, we don't like, I've been married for 34 years and we do not take each other's inventory. And when I am really getting irritated with my um, spouse, Paul, uh, I turn my my gaze inward and I begin working on myself because that's the best way to change my perspective. If something's you know, that's the spiritual axiom, right? If something is making me uncomfortable, that's outside of me, then I have to look at what is it internally that is going wrong. All right. So now let's talk about those six human needs. Okay. So I learned this, believe it or not, from Tony Robbins, whether you like him or not, this is really awesome information and it's true. So you have to just ask yourself, does it feel true for you? So the six needs are really what internally motivate us into action, reaction, or inaction. Okay. Now I want you to take an assessment of yourself as you hear these, write them down and sort of decide what are the top two needs that fall, you know, that rise to the top, not fall, but rise to the top for you so that you can see, oh, I can see this in my life. I've been really relying on this one or that one, or this is why I don't feel so good all the time because that need is not getting met. Okay. Uh, so usually we have one need that's just more important than another. Okay. And then there's a secondary one. So the six human needs are, I'm just going to list them off for you. And then we'll talk about them individually. Certainty, uncertainty, or variety, significance, love and connection, personal growth, and contribution. Now, the personal growth and contribution are more spiritual in nature, but let's let's take them from the top. The first one is the need for certainty. Like we all need to know that we're loved, that we have the basics like food, clothing, shelter, etc. But some of us like to have certainty in all areas of our life so much that we have a difficult time with change. We really like to know that things are the way they are. We want to know that we got a job and a car to get there or transportation, whatever it is. And we want a routine. And in fact, we may even insist on it. And we want safety in knowing the outcome of our day or our relationship. You know, people who strive for certainty do not like surprises very much. And so they often work hard at controlling, controlling people, schedules and circumstances in life. And people who strive for certainty all the time are often disappointed. I know I strive for certainty sometimes, and it takes a lot of energy if my day doesn't go as I planned it. Um, so if the, if you lose a job, you know, your whole life could feel very chaotic and very unsafe. Now, if certainty is your primary driver, you may 
be too invested in just playing it safe all the time and do whatever you can to live in a calm sort of status quo kind of life. And if your life is unmanageable, then you may indulge in things like overeating or drinking so much, right? Because when you do it, you know, at least that you're good. It's going to, these activities provide some amount of certainty. Like I, I know it's going to make me feel a certain way. If I eat this hot fudge Sunday, if I'm addicted to sugar or I'm want to stuff some feelings, right? We knew that the drink made us feel a certain way. And we were constantly striving and chasing that. So anyways, you are certain in how it makes you feel. If you're, if that's something that you ingest, right? It, we use these crutches when we have a high need for certainty, yet feel we don't have control of what's happening in our lives. Right. Okay. So that's a little bit about certainty. And when other people aren't controllable, it can feel very uncertain. So that like, even when the pandemic came around, suddenly there was a lot of certainty because we knew the people we were in lockdown with, and we were going to see them every single <laughs> moment of every single day. And yet if you were alone, there was, you know, also that certainty, which didn't, might not have felt very good at all. So anyways, um, I'm going to move on to the next one. The next human need on the list is uncertainty. Also, I call it variety. Like we all need variety. Paradoxically, even if we have lots of certainty in our life, we also want to experience variety, which is why we don't watch the same movie over and over or eat, a, you know, we do eat a variety of foods. Um, people who love uncertainty are not quick to settle down in life and they may date a variety of people or switch jobs often to get that spice in life. Um, they might be, get it if they're addicted to variety, they might, you know, go for higher and higher risks and, you know, to have that excitement uh, variable constantly in their, you know, in their world. So one of the ways that people with a higher need for variety meet this need is to go to a different place on vacation every year. Uh, they love to travel to see new sites and take in new smells. And they usually love meeting new people and hearing their stories and really having new experiences. And there are many ways to get this need for variety met in a positive way. And you should be aware that there's a lot of negative ways as well, right? So some people are driven to thrill sports and adventures to get their needs met because they want to be surprised and get into that state of like adrenaline rush. Um, a negative way to get your need met might be taking risks that are inappropriate, like speeding, stealing, cheating, uh, you know, just to feel more alive, right? People get really bored and, and they need variety. So it's just as easy to get your needs met with a variety of foods and activities and projects. Um, if you're aware that you have a high need for variety, I'm one of those people. I have a high need for a variety and I love to go on adventures. And so like, that's why we ride motorcycles and, um, you know, it's really, there's so many different ways that you can get your needs met there. All right. The next need that we all have is a need for significance. We all would like to feel that our accomplishments matter, right? And that we're important. 
That's why we have this need at work to be valued and to be appreciated. And if this need is at the top of your list, well, maybe you might be even labeled as an overachiever. Uh, people get this need met in a variety of ways. And for example, like maybe writing a book, gaining or losing a hundred pounds <laughs> or being a leader, even people want that significance or a parent being a parent can give you significance. There's many ways to gain significance through achievements um, and becoming an expert at something. But if you're constantly looking for other people to validate your significance, then you know that's a that's a harder uh, pill to swallow or nut to crack because you can't always get the significance that you want. Sometimes we drive for you know significance and then want our parent who is incapable of seeing or acknowledging our achievements. <laughs> Sometimes we do. I'm not one of those people. I my mom always acknowledges mine. But you know what? Um, I was in a therapy situation once years and years ago, I was 14 years old and there was six kids in my family. And my dad was dealing with alcoholism and we were going to family counseling. And the person that was counseling us said, Bob, to my dad, why don't you go around and tell each one of your kids what you're proud of them about for? And I had just been recently caught smoking and skipping school. <laughs> there wasn't a lot that he was proud of about me. Um, and he couldn't, when he came to me, he couldn't think of anything to say. And it was really heartbreaking um, to not get that significance from my dad. And I realized even that started a pattern of being afraid of rejection in a lot of ways from different bosses that I've had in my life or different people that I've wanted to impress. I wanted to always get that significance. So you see, it can affect you in so many different ways, but we have to build our own self-esteem. Like on the negative side, someone who has a high need for significance yet feels insignificant may get their need met by, you know, kidnapping you or, or doing some violence to you or holding a gun to the victim's head. You know, can you see how significant this would make them feel? Uh, it's a power thing. This is why people with power sometimes abuse that. And I've read that this is why some kids will join a gang, right? For significance. So we all need to feel significance to some degree, but the only question is how much, how much do you need from other people? And how high is that need on your list? Can you give significance to yourself? Or are you looking to others to validate you? You know, some people need to be needed. And so they do things for other people all the time just to gain that significance in their life. Um, it's also valuable to understand your partner's need for significance and how easily it may be for you to give them some. <laughs> you can simply validate him or her and acknowledge their contribution to the family and the same to your kids. Um, the more you give, though, the more you get. Like people will give it back to you. They'll, if you val value them, they'll value you right back. And that's how love works as well. So this, of course, uh, brings us to the fourth one, which is love and connection. All humans need at least a few very special people in their life to have a meaningful experience on this planet. We want love. And even babies who are not 
handled or loved as infants will fail to physically grow. They call this failure to thrive syndrome. And so, and it could be fatal, that particular syndrome. So we all need love and connection, although some of us do deny it and others really crave it. So how fulfilled are you on this one? You know how sometimes you get around people who are needy for it and they're, they crave it so much, they're, they're almost smothering you or hanging on to you. Um, that doesn't feel good when somebody wants it that bad. You sort of end up pushing them away. I know I have at, at various points in my life. The more you can give it to others, giving it, not trying to get it, the more you will get it. So it's a kind of an oxymoron there. But, um, you know, I guess just ask yourself, do you have friends that love you? Do you have a partner who loves you? How about parents and or children? It's important to build these relationships to give and receive love. We all, this is one of the easier ones. Animals and pets sometimes also play a really big part in the lives of people because they seem to give that unconditional love, which is what we're all ultimately looking for, right? Unconditional love. And, you know, some of us who don't have important love connections will give themselves love by doing, you know, acts of self-esteem by maybe creating something that causes significance in their life, or they might give themselves love by eating, which could also be overeating. Food can be a poor substitute. And there's other addictions that can be substitutes as well. So often our elderly in this country crave love and connection. If they have you know, lost, you know, they don't have a lot of siblings left or family left of, of origin if they have little to do and they may be lonely for company. And connecting with someone who needs love and connection can feel really good to our own psyche because we're being significant and we're making a contribution. So now we're fulfilling three human needs by loving and connecting with others in need, which is kind of a cool way. So finally, those last two are this more spiritual needs um, that we have of personal growth and contribution. So in regards to personal growth, Tony Robbins always says, if you're not growing, you're dying. And I kind of believe that in my, in my head. I've always been a striver for expanding my own personal growth and, and really Personal growth can provide fulfillment in the other four human needs. So for those of you that are committed to your own personal growth, you can be certain that life will get better. <laughs> you can be certain, right? And the need for uncertainty is always there because things will definitely change if you're growing. And I believe that with personal growth, you can feel that you're significantly contributing to not only your spiritual life, but your family life and your work life, and even the world at large, depending on how open you are about your growth and your gifts and your talents, you really can spread it far and wide. And when you work on yourself, it absolutely makes your life better and you will attract more love and connection without a doubt. I mean, all of us, I've never heard anyone in recovery say uh, that they just don't 
aren't totally grateful for all of the people that they have in their lives now that love and, and appreciate them and support them. So with though, with growth, sometimes um, we can get into pain at times, right? Sometimes it is painful, like to make a mistake or um, yeah. So it can also be difficult to look at our fears and say what we really feel, but the rewards usually far outweigh any pain you might feel. Um, and it's only temporary, but that being vulnerable, taking down those walls between your relationships with other people, telling them what you might need or asking for what you need or setting boundaries for yourself so that you're not constantly giving and supporting when, when you're already depleted. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that personal growth is super important and you can get all your needs met when you do obviously work on it. And finally, we get to contribution and service work. And we know that in our program of recovery, we need to give back and we just almost can't help ourselves because we're so happy to have found what we found. And at a certain point in life, hopefully earlier rather than later, you're going to you know, really learn the joy of giving. Anyone who spends time volunteering or working for charity can tell you why they do it because it feels really good when you help, when you're helping someone else and it gives you, it gets you into that state of gratitude. And when you're at this level of vibration, it feels super healthy, joyous, free, you know, there's a freedom there and it's just so satisfying. And there are thousands of valid charity organizations that help men, women, children, veterans, animals, the poor, the sick and infirmed, the environment, and, and just so many others that you can, you know, that you can be um, really significant and play a part in helping. And if it wasn't for people running these organizations, there would be many more suffering people in the world. And if it wasn't for the volunteers and donations, you know, every single little bit helps, there wouldn't even be an organization. And so it, even in AA, if you are a member, that organization is incredible because there's no really specific leaders. We all are just self-governing um, by our own contributions. And, and that means emotional contributions, helping other and other alcoholic contributions and financial contributions. So anyways, there's so many, many ways to make a good contribution and give back to humanity. And one of them is leadership. So find something you believe in and contribute and feel good. There are so many skills that you learned in recovery that translate so well into leadership. So if you can step up and help a team or um, an organization or even just your family or your friends as a, as a sponsor or something like that, there's just so many ways to give back. And there may also be times when you're the taker or receiver of support and you can feel good about taking the help, knowing that it makes the people who are helping you to feel great too. It's just a wonderful way that it grows and, and it's a give back kind of a thing. 
So if you want to know more about these six human needs and how, you know, they drive you, feel free to contact me for a one-on-one sort of a 90 minute breakthrough session. If you're in a transition phase or you have a change that you're struggling to make in your life, I can help you get more focused and clearly aligned to what action is needed to make positive and lasting changes in your life. Um, I think change is good. Of course, I love variety because I love to grow. So if things are status quo, it's sort it's almost uncomfortable. Um, it can be too comfortable is what I'm trying to say. So for example, some of us, when we hit our bottom and we had to change because there was just no other way or we were going to die, then we make the changes. But then once we get some of the good changes in our lives, our status quo and, and we're not really growing so much, we get complacent. That's when you have to be a little bit worried too. So you have to constantly be growing and expanding in my opinion, so that you don't slide back into old thoughts and behaviors that are not good for you. So figure out what your highest needs are and start talking about them. Talk to your spouse, talk to your friends and uh, or just write about it and see what it is that I need and how can I change my perception about what I need and how can I give more? Because obviously giving is always the best way that we can receive. So keep on growing, never stop glowing because really the world needs your light. So your contribution matters. Thank you so much for listening. I love you guys so much. See you next time. If you like this episode, please subscribe, leave a review and share it with your friends. If you never want to miss an episode, then visit me at EmergeLeadershipAcademy.com and take the quiz to find out your personality type at work. This will get you on my newsletter list. And if you're ready for a new level of responsibility at work, then I encourage you to get the seven uncommon steps to getting a promotion at work. And you'll see the pop-up on my website. If you'd like to take me up on the offer for a discovery call breakthrough session, you can get on my calendar at maureenrg.youcanbook.me. Look for the link in the show notes. Until next time, have an awesome week. Thank you.